Welcome to Grace Point Direct, a place that helps us all connect a little deeper into our church. I'm your host, Taylor Wood. The goal of each podcast is to not only inform about the different things that we have happening as a church body, but also to dig a little deeper into the different topics and issues that we should all find interesting. We'll be dropping a new episode each Monday morning, so make sure to subscribe so you'll get notified when it hits. Today, we've got episode number five, which is ridiculous. In our More Than a Minister series, where we get to know our staff in a way you maybe haven't gotten to yet, and we get to have a little bit of extra fun today because we're sitting with two people that, without a doubt, have had a major influence on the life of Grace Point Church because we're sitting with the lead couple and where it all began, Mike and Lori McDaniel. Lori and Mike, here we are. Wow. Yeah, awesome. Lead couple. Lead couple. That's a, that's a little heavy. Let's stay light. Let's it's stay it light. kind of yes. like a power team. I'm not sure we yeah. well, pa- measure yeah, up okay. to that. Well, what yeah. would be your power team uh, uh, name? If we were like uh, wrestlers, uh, yes. what would we, what would we, our, I don't know. I don't know. I'm not sure we may need to pray about that one uh, and get yeah. back. Yeah. yeah. I'm sure we can come up with something that really creative not, yet, yeah, right? Well, and then you have to also come up with like the tagline when you tag people in. That's you know, right. when, the, yeah. when the person's yeah. in the death grip yeah. and they're like reaching to the side and they yeah. tag the person in. Here, I got one. What do you say? Uh, Go ahead. The Mighty Max. The Mighty Max. Oh, okay. Oh. Mighty Max. Uh-huh. That was so much better than mine because I was yeah. like going wrestlers for God or something. Yeah. Like, it just like yeah, I like yeah. yours better. Yeah. Okay, wrestlers you for win. Jesus. <laughs> and I'm Mac uh, Daddy. Mac Daddy. No. That's right. You did not just say yes. that publicly. <laughs> well, I think you should. No. So that's a great segue into uh, life and things right now because is this still a struggle? So you guys have had two new additions to the family. Perfect just additions. Here. Perfect additions. Right. Tell us about what's going on with you guys right now. Oh, man, we, we could talk over each other on this, this one. This is a because... podcast about our grandkids, right? Because we don't <laughs> want to talk about anything else now. Yes. No, seriously, like, they are amazing. So we have twins, or we don't have twins, but we have tr- twin grandchildren, little boy and little girl, so kind of perfect scenario. And the little girl is just like her mom, hmm. and she's always alert, social, looking around, and the little boy looks just like his dad and yeah, seems yeah. to be pretty chill, yeah. like he's absorbing everything. He's taking he's it all in. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, uh, yeah, James. Yeah. And Sela, their names, and they're really a God story, and, and right. just love having them a part of uh, our family. Yes, absolutely. So, but Mac Daddy, is that the? No. Uh, well, I mean, so that was what I proposed, but it got shot down by the entire family very quick. I, I don't know if I should say this or not. Like, we're real and authentic. Third. But, okay, authentic fine. Church we told him of... no. That sounded like a pimp name, and so <laughs> yeah. not happening. Mac Daddy. Well, that's well. yeah, that's not bad. So. <laughs> If I have to say, I, I don't know. Um, Jamie agrees with you, Lori. Um, I'll but it say, sounds like a well, yeah, because that's I, I want mine uh, to be Big Daddy. I was like, that's uh-uh. cause, and and they were like, she was like, that's not going to uh-uh. ever happen. Yeah, no, it's not going to happen. But it's not like it yeah, just means you're the boss, I, I, right? Yeah, I, I think yeah, the Mac Attack right here. Mac Attack, yeah. So that that's awesome. So that I th- but I do think that that's a great um, wrestling name. Yes, I think, yeah, I think that. yeah. So. Um, Welcome to the podcast. The podcast has been really good. We've had um, Emily, Caleb, Nathan, and Devin on. Devin just hit uh, recently. And uh, so I know that you can't pick a favorite 
staff member, yeah. although I would love to force that question in. <laughs> now I'm not going to. It's you, Taylor. Yes. <laughs> well, yeah. So, uh, that's, I always start as the favorite, and then through this process and the launching of the episode, I think I'd knock down on people's <laughs> ladder of importance, you know, a little bit. Um, but uh, so far, have you enjoyed the podcast? I've absolutely. I think they're great because, you know, there's so much about the pastoral ministry that is there seems to be walls or separations or distances, mm. but you're really bringing us into people's cars, earpods, into their lives in a very real way. And right. we're just real people. And that's what we want to emphasize there. I love it. Exactly. And, and that extends into this episode. And, and absolutely, that's why I'm probably most excited about sitting with you two. Um, although because it could be, you know, lead pastor and the Lori McDaniel, which we won't ever say Mrs. Lee pastor, the real lead pastor, actually, if we, we're going to get in the real lead pastor. Exactly. Um, you know, I'm, I'm excited about that because you guys know better than most that there's some mystique to, uh, pastoral ministry. There's a little bit, um, of this wall that needs to be torn down and, uh, that's exactly what we're going to do. So. In true fashion, true Grace Point Direct fashion, we're going to ask, um, we stumble on young Mike and young Lori um, on the playground uh, when you were a kid. Who do we get to play with? Or do we even get to play? I'll let you go first. Um, Definitely you get to play. Um, Little Lori was um, always active, very much a tomboy, creating something, building something, imagining something. And so you probably would find me on the playground playing kickball with the guys or seeing who could jump out of the swing the highest, something like that. That's yeah. that's who I was. Yeah, I, I was the boy you did not want your kid to play with. <laughs> uh, I was the bully, literally. I was the the bully in, in no uncertain terms. And, and, you know, I can point to different things to what got me there, but that's really what it was. And mm-hmm. it was the saving grace of God that got me out of that cycle. Yeah. So. so we have those two personalities, and I know that you you might not meet on the playground, but at some point those two personalities have to cross paths because here we are today, right? So um, you guys, uh, high school sweethearts, is this correct? Absolutely. Yeah. In fact, Perfect. we had lunch together on her very first day of school. That's right. Oh. I was dating someone else. And you still had braces. I still had braces. Yes. Uh, and... Uh, I was not thinking about anybody else but this other person. Right. Uh, my, my date at the at the at the lunch cafeteria, uh, but uh, Lori and I had lunch together, and uh, and so she was just a person, uh, and yes. I was far from walking with God at that point, mm-hmm. a- and uh, she was far more walking with God. So it's probably mm-hmm. a good thing we weren't attracted because yeah. we probably would have written each other off at that yes. point. And honestly, yes. I wasn't like look like I had just moved to Northwest Arkansas in the middle mm-hmm. of my tenth grade. Year in the middle of the school year, which is just hard for any student, and so I was just on the only thing on my mind was trying to find a place to fit in, mm, and yeah. so it was a spot at the table, mm-hmm, and right. I just sat there, I think, with my fudge sickle and mm-hmm. didn't talk to anybody. Yeah. Hold on, hold on, you had a fudge sickle at school, right? I know back in the day before health was a thing. <sighs> hey, we're and- Rogers Mounties now, <laughs> we're, we're legit on food over there. I know that's what I'm saying. I don't think I don't even knew fudge sickles existed until I hit college or something, you know, and was actually walking the store myself. Um, so that that's awesome. So you guys are um, high school sweethearts. Um, I, I'd love to know though, when did that that when, when did that, did that spark change? When did that spark take place? 
Yeah, you know, for me, I needed to, God needed to do a lot of work on my mm-hmm. life before. And uh, so that relationship ended uh, in a heart-wrenching, breaking kind of way. Mm-hmm. And I took a moratorium on dating any girls for a year, literally. <laughs> yeah. I knew I needed to get things right because I was not right with God nor right in my dating habits in life. Right. And uh, that space uh, was good because I reconnected with God, got right with him, turn my life in his direction. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden I look up again and it's like, Ooh, there's that girl. And she's a solid follower of Christ. She was a leader in her youth group. Right. And that year I became a leader in my student ministry. And so we were t- leaders of ministries, I, I guess, student ministries, if you will, as students, uh, at two different churches. And so it's like, I, I've, I kind of liked her right. across the room at that point. So, yeah, I mean, um, priorities change. Yeah. And so target changes at that point of right. like what I'm trying to uh, accept and, and date and all these things. Well, in fact, I will say this. I literally had to write out, and I still have it in, in a file, uh, the standards of what I wanted to be, I needed to be, but also the standards that I needed to date. Because yeah. otherwise, the infatuation button would get pushed real easy, and right. I would get lost again. Sure. Uh, and so literally, when you think about the student body at Rogers High School at that time, there were not a lot of girls that lived up to the standard, mm. but Lori rose quickly to the top. And yeah. so, yeah. And what's kind of odd about that in the sense is that I had I had just moved Northwest Arkansas. I came as a believer, but I was around a huge group of believers in the school I came from in Little Rock. But when I came to Rogers, that felt like that group like sh- shrunk, and mm. I couldn't find those people um, as often. And so I had a choice to make then, like, Am I going to just find those friends that I can fit in with yeah. and, you know, change to fit into that group? Or am I really going to believe, live what I believe? Sure, and that's sure. what I chose, which meant that my friend group was kind of small. Yeah. But when Mike and I, right before Mike and I started dating, I um, had been dating another guy who was a believer, mm-hmm. um, he, somewhat of a, a jerk, if I can say that. Yeah. Hopefully and he's so, not listening to this I podcast. hope he's not either. But I came to a... <laughs> A point where I thought, you know, what, I'm I don't want to mess around with this, mm-hmm. and so I made a decision then. So this is for parents. Maybe there's some teenagers listening in. I don't know. They yeah. may find they may find this a little hard to follow, but I decided then that I was not going to go out with anyone else unless they asked my dad's permission first. Wow. And that wasn't to be married. That was actually to go out on a date. And so right. when Mike and I started eyeing each other in the hallways and passing notes in the locker room or not locker room, yeah. <laughs> lockers, yeah. yeah. Um, before texting, right? So we're passing notes. You know, I I told him, you know, I'd love to go out, but you're going to have to ask my dad first. Mm. And, and I have so. to admit, that was not a welcomed thing. Even though I was resetting the standards of my life, I right. thought, okay, that's a little much for me. Mm-hmm. But I figure if I valued her enough and it was a value to her, it should be a value to me. Sure, yeah. I think it speaks volumes. I'll just say this. Um I know that you were saying at, at one time you weren't walk, walking with God and, and you needed to, to align some things and get that right and then move forward. But we're still talking about high schoolers, mm-hmm. and that's that's pretty incredible, I will say. For mm-hmm. that to happen speaks a lot to the Holy Spirit uh, influence. And, uh, you know, um, I think all of us sitting here know that, like, God has to intervene on those things for it to actually work and, and right. be good. So that's pretty impressive, though, even as high schoolers, to say that you're thinking this way and, and, yeah. and doing that. So I'll say this. 
that means it's possible. Again, for, <laughs> That's right. For, uh, for those right. Uh, people the listening. The little rebellious yeah. kid on the gra- playground, right. God can touch and make a tremendous difference in. That's exactly, right. exactly. Sweet. So let's push forward because um, we have a whole block of time that and we're going to... we've been gonna... married a long time. We've been, yeah. We're old, too, so we're older than all these other people, so you got uh, a lot you, to cover. You know, old is uh, all just uh, <laughs> kind of interpretive, right? Yeah. It's all how you feel, exactly I guess. Right. I don't know. I'm not, That's true. I'm not dealing with that just yet. I'm not going to... I don't know. Um, but uh, let, let's push forward. So you guys um, have uh, your empty nesters, technically, right. although... Now that the grandkids are on the scene, maybe it's like, no, please bring them back in the nest because yes. we'll we'll hang with yes. them. So, uh, update us on um, what 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 the kids have going on, uh, who your family is, because we may have some people listening that that are new to the church, sure. uh, don't know you guys very well. So, sure. Well, we have three kids. So our oldest is our only daughter, who she and her husband are the ones that just had um, our first two grandchildren. Um, they live locally, and so that makes it really awesome. And um, then we have two boys. Um, our oldest son, or rather our middle child, um, he's been in the military, but he's kind of in a life shift right now. And then our youngest is Josh, and he is engaged to be married. So mm-hmm. all of our all of our kids have people. And I will say this, yeah. like, we love their people. Yeah, we were absolutely. thinking, we were talking about this just the other day, that we could not be more blessed with the people that God has put into their lives as their spouse or for Josh, future spouse. And it is just, I don't know, from this season of life, it's really cool to look back. We're loving Empty Nest. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't think we realized how much we loved Empty Nest until everybody came home one holiday season. And then all of a sudden, that feeling of it felt really good for them to go. (laughs) It was like, okay, I like Empty Nest. Yeah, I mean, if they're listening to this, just you know they're still a lot They they are alone. I actually knew before they came home, I knew when they weren't home and it was just you and I at home that I I loved the Empty Nesting. Now, I did cry uh, each and every time the kids left the house. Uh, But within a week or so, it was kind of like, this is kind of nice. Yeah, it took yeah. me a little longer to get there, but <laughs> yeah, of yeah. course, of course. I mean, you guys have different personalities and you attach differently and all those things. So, uh, what are you doing with your time now that there's no one to come on and attend to except each other? Yes, yes. Well, so I, I think that that is a constant moving target, and it's but it's fun because we're getting to set uh, that agenda. Uh, it, it, it you do move from parenting where you're in the kiddos lives every day and hours upon hours to now we are uh friend advisors mm. and uh which is a fun role to have right so uh and we're only advisors when we're asked to for advice other than that we're friends with them and we really love mm-hmm. hanging out with our kids mm-hmm. one they make us feel younger or older i don't know which <laughs> depends yeah. but right. i like we we do crossfit together and so the entire family will be up there we'll be doing a workout or a wad as we call it and uh we're all doing it and i love competing with my son-in-law and my they catching uh, up yet uh, i can still beat them in quite a bit yeah some of them uh, some of them beat me yeah. uh significantly <laughs> well, but I mean, crossfit uh, yeah. is a pretty big part of your life and uh, takes up a decent amount of time so i would expect you're still smoking them and quite a few things <laughs> yeah but that gap is gonna close yes. at some point well i've been doing happen. crossfit for 10 years and 10 uh, crossfit will typically give you about 10 years of prs personal records so i'm kind of at that threshold now but i'm enjoying it still yeah 
What about you, Lori? What's going on with you? Uh, you know, that's a funny question because when I think back to when the kids were at home, everything felt busy all the time. And now that the kids are gone, everything still feels busy all the time. Like mm-hmm. it just seems to, I don't know what shifted or maybe what needs to shift in order to create that space. But about the time that we became empty nesters, I also re- resigned my nine to five job. And so you would think like my Your calendar, job was more like six to six, not nine to well, five. Well, there's some truth yes. to that. Um and and so now, like, I, I have, like, you would think this empty calendar, but really my calendar is never empty. So I really do enjoy uh, meeting with people from our church, getting to know them, disciple them, mentor to them, whatever that might look like. Um, I'm also spending time writing. Uh, so working on a Bible study, some speaking here and there, hopefully more here and there after COVID is over. Um, and then I, I literally just launched, like, two weeks ago, a week and a half ago, a thing with it, I'm calling the Great Commission Woman. If you ask me a lot of questions about it, I can't tell you everything yet, not because it's a secret, just because I feel like it's something God has laid in my heart, and I'm just building it kind of as I move forward, taking that next step. How can someone keep track of that? Is there something they can subscribe to or maybe email in? Yeah, absolutely. So currently, the only place that you're going to find it is on Instagram. Um, so it's at the great commission woman, but again, it's just a week and a half old and simply it's one of those things that like when we went to Africa, when we started Grace Point Church, when I launched our women's ministry at Grace Point Church back in the day, Mm -hmm. um, all of those things, God was just reminding me, you know, you, you moved forward knowing that I was calling you to do this, even though you didn't know completely what it was going to look like. Mm. And you simply asked people to pray. And so really that's how the Great Commission Woman got launched. It was something that had been on my heart for quite some time. And a week and a half ago, I thought God was just kind of nudging me like, you don't know what it's going to look like. Just move forward, right. ask people to pray, and then let me work through it. And so that's where it's at right now. That's awesome. Um, you guys obviously have uh, lots of stuff going on. And it's very interesting to hear how that shifted from primarily what would be a, a family focus and kids are here and we're getting things done to... Um, now we have interest and things happening and the schedule's still full because we put things in the schedule, right? right. Whenever we have it. Um, and I think, you know, having fun and being fulfilled by those things, regardless of what they are is important there. Um, so let's rewind a little bit and, um, go back. I've been saying Grace Point is 20 years old. It's, it'll be 20 years old in uh, July, right. uh, July, the first week in, in July this year. You can't air quote on a podcast, but every time I say it, I air quote <laughs> yes. uh, the 20 years old. I'm too yeah. factual yeah. not to do it that way. So air quote 20 years old. Yeah. Uh, let's rewind 20 years or maybe even further than that. Uh, you guys are, are out of high school. Um, you know, talk about being married and uh, what life looked like after that. You know, you guys, some people don't know had a ministry sent in northeast arkansas um just talk to us about uh, what life was like for you guys. yeah so uh actually um that's one of the things that's definitely true about Lori and i i not only i got in in our marriage a soulmate uh i got a ministry partner um god called her as much as he called me and we, it's it's never been, Mike, you're called here, and here comes your little wife with you. Uh, and she is littler than me uh, in stature. Uh, but I'm glad you clarified the latter part. <laughs> yeah. So, but but I, I got to emphasize that. Every place we have gone, since I've been in, in ministry for 31 years, 
she's been with me for 31 years. We were dating. We've only been married 30 years. So the math is there's that a year of even while we were a fiance, engaged couple in a little country church in, in Missouri, going to college, working on an undergraduate, she was right there, leading out in student ministry, leading as a pastor's wife. We didn't know anything about anything. Mm-hmm. And this church was trusting us and loving on us, and we were trusting them and loving on them. But that's really been the story, Taylor, of our entire ministry. So we go to seminary. We go to seminary together. Uh, I mean, she's not in seminary. She's actually helping to support me and also with 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 kids. And then I get a ministry role at another church that enables me to be uh, full-time and her to be a full-time mom, but we're still doing ministry together. That church, we were, we were together in it. We went to Zambia together. It was like, I, I wasn't, Mike was called, Mike was called first, but we didn't move anywhere until Lori was called. We were called together. Right. And I'm glad you're drawing that yeah. out because I think that would be a huge miss for us in this next 20 or 15 minutes or whatever uh, to not have that represented, that mm-hmm. Lori, you have had such an influence um right alongside Mike in ministry, especially at Grace Point Church. I think anybody that's listening to this podcast right now in their car, hopefully saying amen or something, because uh, you've had a <laughs> major influence in uh, what we're doing, what we've done here. So Mike, you kind of walked us through, um, you know, what ministry looked like in that time, kind of the timeline of things. Lori, I'd love to know from your perspective uh, what things were. Yeah. So I think that's a really good question because when Mike said it, it sounded so smooth in some sense, but like in my heart, it was not that smooth. And so yeah. when we we went to college dating, um, he likes to tell the story that I dumped him um, <laughs> at that time. But it, um, but I did come to my senses like a year later and we got back together. Right. But during that kind of break time, it was during that time that God began to like work on my heart mm-hmm. and what it would look like to be in what we would call full-time ministry. And I wrestled with it somewhat. I even, I even wrestled with it getting back with Mike, but I wrestled with it for, for this reason. Like I had some people say, well, maybe you'll be a missionary or maybe you'll be a pastor's wife. Mm -hmm. And honestly, Taylor, like in my mind, it was like, yeah, that's not independent enough. Like even though I ended up being both of those, a missionary and a pastor's wife. Um, so even before Mike and I got back together and started dating, um, I wrestled really hard Mm. because I knew that if we got back together, likely we would stay together. I would be his wife. I would be that pastor's wife. But what is that? Is that just a shadow to who he is? Mm -hmm. And what did that mean for me? Because I was so uh, independent, wanted to be a trailblazer, you know, in ministry. And I... I didn't want to be squished. I didn't want to be right. in the shadow of him. And that no, can sound arrogant, to, though, right? Well, I'm glad you're talking about it, though, because I think that um, that's something that is a cliche. It's something that it's a real uh, thing to talk about and deal with, because I know Jamie has dealt mm-hmm. with the same things. I mean, matter of fact, uh, the first church that we went to, I think the first question she got was, do you uh, play piano? And standard, the, yeah, standard. It's, in, it's in the pastor's wife handbook 101 exactly. you gotta play the piano right. right i mean there's a lot of implications to accepting that lifestyle and that role especially mm-hmm. in the wife mm-hmm. role um it's something that you really have to right, consider right well and the thing is 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 like i knew it was right and and it was always that take the next step and let god reveal the rest which also sounds really smooth none of it was smooth right like even in the you know 31 years ish that we've been in ministry there have been times that you know i have struggled with okay mike's doing this but but what am i doing yeah. or yeah. 
um, Mike is the lead of this, but I'm a leader too. So what does that mean for sure. me? And yeah. so it's been a, I could say a soul struggle, a personal struggle, but it's also been a sweet thing between God and I, as I watch him open up doors and lead me into areas I couldn't have manufactured or orchestrated on my own. Right, right. Absolutely. Um, so let's push forward. Uh, you guys um, at this point in life are working and supporting each other, doing seminary, um, kind of making those big, tough life decisions. Um, so I just want to uh, stop and uh, ask as you get into that ministry time in Northeast Arkansas, um, you know, what's family like? Uh, you know, oh. what's uh, thing? what things make you smile And as you think back on that time? Um, and then I want to talk about uh, what's that first phone call? What's that first conversation? How on earth do you end up from Northeast Arkansas in Zambia? I, I will, I'll start and let Lori add in, but our family was beginning in, 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 uh, in Northeast Arkansas. And again, a church that loved us and was gracious to us and let us fail and let, let us, love and you know it, it was just incredible experience and we still have deep relationships mm-hmm. with people over there over there because we're on the other side of the state uh, and so yeah I would I would say that yeah so while we're in northeast Arkansas Mike's also in full-time seminary um, it was an answer to prayer that mm-hmm. we prayed that God would provide a full or job that would sustain us, that I could stay home and he can remain in school. And so actually being there was an answer to prayer. So Mike's in seminary. Mike is full-time pastor. I am all-in preschool mom. You know, when we moved mom there. Mom Yeah, we moved there. Jordan was three months old. wasn't long before Caleb came along. And so our time was full. And it was amazing at the church that we were at. And it was a hard time in our marriage right. as well. Um, it just, it just was, it was difficult mm-hmm. days. And so it was almost like this roller coaster of it's really good. And then it's really not. We both got, gave each other the leftovers, uh, mm-hmm. in, in a lot of respects, because that's all we had. We had so many other things in front of us, whether we allowed them to be there or what, or we didn't know how to bond. There were, there were wounds of the past. There were immaturities of uh, emotional immaturity. We didn't know how to bond mm-hmm. very right, well. Right. And, and, you know, I know enough of, um, of course, your story and um, can relate to when you don't have an example of that, it's harder. Right. So learning that right. really does, uh, it's hard because um, Jamie and I just had our 10 year, uh, I guess a couple of years ago. And the theme of that 10 year really became we grew up together. Which is, I mean, it's nice and it sounds good when it's a song, yeah. you know, yeah, right. <laughs> but uh, it's, uh, it's tough. Yeah. I mean, uh, uh, you're immature and you don't know how to handle your own stuff, much less someone else's baggage and things yeah, they bring and in. It, and it can be hard when you are in ministry because it could be like, I, I don't know, I'll just give something like, I can remember one time Mike talking about, you know, marriage, you know, as he's preaching in his message, but I think we just had an argument that day. And so it's like, how do you still lead people? How do you still teach God's word? How do you still model and disciple, you know, what it is to be a follower of Christ? Well, at the same time, you're struggling in it yourself. And I think that's real for any pastor, family, period, um, no matter how long you've been married or together in ministry. 
I mean, everybody should know that that is kind of real time that happens in a pastor's family. Absolutely. And that's why it's so important for people that are a part of a church to understand that everyone in the building is a human, mm-hmm. even the person on stage. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, okay, you guys shift into go into foreign ministry, which is a major step from Arkansas. Right. I mean, most people don't even know. I'm from Arkansas, and I can say this. We don't even know what other countries are. <laughs> so uh, I'm sorry to all my friends out there. Uh, let me say this, though. Um, I want to do an episode or two or three specifically yeah. on Zambia. So I want to save some of those details sure. for that. Uh, but let's talk about um, getting there, maybe. And uh, some of the faces that you remember and some highlights and then get us back to Northwest okay. Arkansas. Yeah. So I, I will start because actually it started with me. I was in, I was working on my master's is it, uh, and uh, was headlong into that. And, uh, and I had to take a trip around the world. It was a part of the requirements. And so I went to the Ukraine uh, and that was right after the fall of communism. And I saw something that I had never seen before, and that was an incredible awareness or lack of awareness to anything Jesus. Now, this is an atheistic country uh, for years under Soviet communism. Um, And now we're walking into schools and sharing the story of Jesus. I'd never seen anything like that. And people just open to receiving the word and truth. And so I come back wrecked. And we had one kid at the time and, and I was like, uh, I'm ready to go. And, and she's like, like, you can get over yeah. it. Get over it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. You can go, but I'm staying. Uh, so, but that was where the journey started. So it didn't start in Africa. It started actually in Europe, uh, Eastern Europe. And, but it was from that, it would, it would be the next three to four years. And again, we can go as much into this as one. But that was a, a crisis of belief moment. That was some, some deep down dives into our own soul because I was feeling called, but knew it wasn't the time. She wasn't even feeling called. And so she had her own journey. But uh, so that was, a, that was, that was what, what got us on the track towards Zambia. So Zambia just became one of the stops along the journey. Yeah. When Mike told me when he came home and was sharing his stories, I, I mean, I joke about it, but I seriously thought you'll get over it. Like, right. let's wash the clothes and pack the suitcase and you'll get back to normal. And it was a period over a few years. And I, but, I, but I'll just be straight plain how it happened. I simply was reading the word of God. Like there wasn't a magical anything and God began to speak to me. And I think for the first time I began to see that for so much of my life, I thought that the great commission was a good thing. Um, I just, I just didn't really think that it was my thing. And I began to see that this is something he is about throughout the entire narrative of scripture. And I think it was then that really God brought the marriage of our mission or overseas mission Mm -hmm. calling together. I would say mission is still what we're about. Mm -hmm. We are on mission. Geography is just that option of where you're going to be at. And so that's when he brought the marriage of, I would say, our mission calling overseas um, together. It, It was never on my radar. Uh, never. And I can go unpack all that, but don't have time for that. Uh, 
it was God literally shifting something inside of me and showing me that I'm bigger than you think. I'm bigger than America. I'm bigger than your first church on first in Maine. Uh, and uh, let me show you what I can do and what I want to do around the world. Isn't that a testament to global missions just in general, the testimony of someone who experienced and, and, and I even hate to use the word missions because we're all on mission. True. From God, given to us from the beginning. Uh, and uh, and so it everything should be about that. Whether it's with our neighbor across the street, that's why we say show and share Jesus in everyday conversation with everyday people. It's like we are all on mission. Right. Uh, and to lo- what Lori said, where are you on mission? That's a different conversation. Right. right. So we're back in Northwest Arkansas right now uh, after a stint in Zambia, obviously planning a church in your hometown. There's, there's lots there. Um, I can imagine thinking through the process of we're going to go back here and we're going to plant a church in Northwest Arkansas and this person's face is in mind. I can see this person that needs Jesus. And it's, it's a lot different than um, just knowing the Ukraine needs Jesus or like, you know, people in Africa need Jesus. I mean, these are real faces back here. So uh, again, I think this is a great podcast for the future to talk about the origins maybe of the church. But I want to know, um, in your guys' perspective, Grace Point 20 years ago, as as opposed to Grace Point now, um, there's no doubt that you brought back with you in planning this church, uh, that global perspective and and that on-mission mindset. You know, every member is a minister, every ministry is meaningful. All these things that we've been saying for years, uh, you brought that back with you from those experiences that God put into your life. So Grace Point 20 years ago, as opposed to Grace Point now, what's the same? What's different? Um, what things do you think uh, really ring true about our church uh, and who we are? Yeah, you know, one of the things that has been true literally since day one, uh, after having pastored a couple of churches and being a uh, church planters in in in, in Zambia, uh, you have to reduce, reduce, reduce down. So, what do you reduce? The irreducible minimum. If we get these things right, then okay, we don't have to do everything. If we can get the Great Commission right, and if we can get the Great Commandment right then everything else is tertiary. Everything else is secondary. And so that has literally been our mission from the beginning. And and that is about, we want to be about the great commandment to love God and love people. And we want to be about, or some would say know God and uh, and, and love people, um, and uh, the great commission, yeah. which is living sent. Yeah. So that's, so again, we, Facelift it from time to time, right. but that's been it from the beginning. Right. Lori? Yeah. I mean, when we came back here, I mean, here's the reality. When we came back and we started Grace Point Church, we didn't know what it was going to look like. Like, we can't, we mm-hmm. could not envision what it is today. Um, our heart, you know, God took us to Africa to really reshape mm-hmm. our heart and the trajectory of how we would do ministry um, for Him. And so we took, in some sense, that missionary tradecraft mindset coming back that how do we reach the people of Northwest Arkansas? Um, and not on top of that, but how do we then disciple them or lead this church to be a church that understands God's mission? Because honestly, I grew up in church, you know, a lot of people grew up in church, but we didn't really understand the whole mission thing. And so it's not just that, you know, uh, Grace Point is about hanging flat international flags up and taking international trips. Like we're about God's mission. And that was from the beginning 
that is still the same. What has changed is when we started, um, we were meeting in a school and church looked like setting it up every Sunday with screens and speakers and yeah, wiping dried milk and breadcrumbs out of this, you know, cafeteria school seats. And so, but our heart hasn't changed. Now, how that looks from Sunday to Sunday has shifted from, you know, setting up into it's already here, but yet the mission still remains. And uh, as far as I'm like, that doesn't shift. That ought to be any churches. Um, right. I absolutely agree. And I think that if you're attending Grace Point now, or maybe someone's listening to this podcast, trying to get a sneak peek at who you guys are, maybe who, who the church is, um, it's, it's important to remember that uh, we are a church that is about the great commandment um, and the great commission and our great God. And it is something that is within us and uh, each person that comes here has a purpose, and God has placed us here for that reason. And we're going to pursue that, and we're going to do it together. So as we as we kind of wrap up here, um, I'd love to know what excites you about our church still. And obviously, um, I'm not even going to give 2020 the time of day in, in this uh, <laughs> in this podcast. But um, what's in store for this next year? What do we have coming up um, that is exciting, and and how, what can we be excited for? With 2021, I, I think one thing that excites me right now is I am hearing it seems more and more, and I'll, and I'll say women because that's you know my conversations a lot, um, who are just excited about understanding God's word from cover to cover, from Genesis to Revelation, and so I believe that when we lead people to begin to understand the entire story of God, like. Like you can't mess it up Now you can miss out on it completely. Right. But you can't mess it up. And so I get excited when I hear more and more people who are desiring to do that, no matter how long they've been a believer, whether it's three months or it's been 30 years that they are just like, I want to get into what it is to be in the word of God, but not just stop there. Like it's got to go beyond them. And so then how do they take it and lead someone else to understand the word of God? Yeah. Mike? You know, you said don't go into 2020. I think that it's almost impossible because 2020 has been such a shaking of our culture, our families, our systems, our health, our education, and our churches. Who would have ever thought the church would be closed on Easter Sunday? Who ever thought that the church would be closed for six months? You know, we, we I, I will say this, going into 2020, so the end of 2019, I was nearing burnout. I was a little bit in a, in a funk myself, a deep, dark kind of Hit of, of feeling like, okay, what's next? And 2020 has been exhausting, but it's also been re, re-energizing. We have seen across our pastoral team a healthier, brighter culture uh, team, excitement about the future and envisioning things. We have done new things in our campus. We have done new things as a pastoral team uh, to lead our church. Our people are responding. Yes, we've seen people come and go during COVID, but man, those who are here are a part, are excited about being here. I will say this, our future, our, our mission's not changed. Our vision hasn't changed. We have been an authentic church for those who've given up on the church, but haven't given up on God from the beginning. That's a story about even how we got that tag, uh, that line, but I'll leave that for the, the second time. I will just say this, 
we are more energized about our mission and with a greater focus on that and intentionality behind that, that we have visions and dreams for the next five years. Right. And it's exciting. I agree. I don't think you could have been a part of our church over the last year and a half and not be very, um, not feel blessed and, and recognize uh, how blessed our church is because we, we all have ministry friends and organizations and partners that have not been as blessed and are not as fortunate as our church has been over the last year and a half. Um, and so it's just a testament to um, God's provision and, and where we are now. And I'll say this, um, I think that the future is bright as well and, and we have lots of uh, great things coming coming up uh, for our church and you can really feel the excitement and uh, coming from the people. So Mike, Lori, thank you so much for sitting with me. Uh, you can come by and talk with either one of them on Sunday mornings after service in the guest central area that's near the cafe, um, or you can call the office and they'll hook you up with um, their email address. It's just Mike uh, or Lori at gracepointchurch.net and they'll figure out how to get back to you. Um, remember, subscribe in whatever way that you're listening uh, to this podcast right now so that you can stay up on the latest episodes because we'll just have more and more stuff coming out as time goes on also jump in the app store download the grace point app it's where all of our events and different calendar um, things are happening all the news all the stuff um, is happening there you can access um, episodes of this podcast you can access uh, the, the the previous sermons everything that we have from grace point lives in that app so make sure you jump in the app store and and download it so as we know We always want to show and share Jesus in everyday conversations with everyday people. Live sent.